0: Welcome to the IT Smart Guy podcast, a technology podcast aimed at the modern business owner. And here's your host, Tony Edwards. Hello, and welcome to episode 26 of the IT Smart Guy podcast, the tech-based podcast for the modern business owner. My name is Tony, and in this episode, I'll be talking about changes at Microsoft involving Teams and how it's been bundled, and then how a railway has been hacked all in the name of war. We will then go on to the brain dump, where I will be talking about servers, and more specifically, server 2012, and what you should have done about it, or at least have planned to do in the very near future. Finally, as always, I'll have a tip of the episode. Let's jump straight in to the news. Let's look at what's happening in the news. First up in the news, Microsoft has unveiled its intention to disentangle teams from Office 365 in Europe. This is responding to mounting pressure from Slack and the European Union. Slack lodged allegations against Microsoft for engaging in anti-competitive practices. They contended that Microsoft had been bundling teams into its subscriptions at no additional cost. Failing to offer businesses and larger enterprises the option to purchase 365 without Teams, the EU's investigation, after months of swirling speculation, was officially confirmed in July this year. Microsoft have revised their strategy, and it's set to take effect from October the first this year, and is applicable to the European Economic Area, the EEA and Switzerland. This will mean that it will feature Office 365 subscriptions without Teams, allowing businesses to buy Teams separately via a distinct per-user-per-month model. Notably, this shift will bring about another increase in subscription costs, further exasperating the financial strain already experienced by Microsoft users due to previous price adjustments. Existing businesses will have the choice to either retain their current packages or transition to the new model during their renewals. Microsoft have clarified these changes primarily target its core enterprise customers. As a consequence, Office 365, E1, E3 and E5 licenses, in addition to Microsoft 365, E3 and E5 licenses, will no longer be available within these specified regions. Furthermore, Microsoft has extended the without Teams option to businesses who are considering the small and medium business-focused packages. Head of Research at Cavell, Patrick Watson, commented saying that they did a research study in 2022 and 32% of organisations identified the Teams integration within 365 as a primary factor for selecting Teams as its core collaboration tool. This integration-centric approach resonated with many organizations given the convenience of accessing files and resources within the Microsoft ecosystem. Other platforms such as Slack face significant challenges in catching up due to the, uh, the entrenched position of Teams particularly following the accelerated adoption of remote work during the COVID-19 pandemic. In addition to this restructuring, Microsoft has pledged to enhance interoperability within Teams by facilitating greater integration through API and embedding Office web apps into third-party solutions. Now, the origins of this development trace all the way back to 2017, where Microsoft first started to bundle teams with 365. This was done as um, a move to replace Skype for business. Discussions with EU regulators on this practice commenced back in 2020, which coincided with the surge in remote work during that uh, early phase of the pandemic. Now Slack, that is now under the ownership of Salesforce, lodged a complaint against Microsoft asserting this anti-competitive behavior by mandating Teams for office. The reason they got upset about this is because they believed that Microsoft were hiding its true cost, the true cost of Teams. This is what led to the EU's investigation which started in October 21. In response to mounting pressure, Microsoft uh, attempted to reach compromises to forestall these formal proceedings. Uh, These efforts included reforming cloud practices, uh, removing the automatic bundling of teams with office, um, and a lot of other things. Regrettably, the European Commission seemed to deem these measures insufficient and the negotiations failed to reconcile the pricing disparities between office with and office without teams. This isn't the first time Microsoft has encountered antitrust issues. There have been accusations of bundling Internet Explorer with Windows, which resulted in fines for non-compliance with agreements. What's quite interesting in this, I feel, is that I don't see what Microsoft has really done wrong. They've done their utmost to accommodate and negotiate with stakeholders, the European Commission, Slack... Um, If you ask me, Slack, which was originally a messaging app for developers, failed to adapt its offering to the evolving needs of users, which allowed competitors, including Microsoft, to overtake it. Five years ago, I'm going to be blunt, I hated Teams. It was terrible. However, I use it on an almost daily basis now, and it has got better. It's not perfect but for me, it's a lot more user-friendly than Slack, which I still occasionally use. The root issue in this story here, it's not Teams, it's not Microsoft, it's the myopia being exhibited by their competitors. Let's look at Zoom, for example. They have ventured into offering email and calendar services, but they're not facing any complaints from Microsoft. Let's take Zoom, for example. They entered into the calendar and Email services market last year. They haven't faced any complaints, especially from Microsoft. Ultimately, it's the end customers who bear the brunt of these developments because it's all about cost, meaning things are going to continue to go up and we're still in the middle of a cost-of-living crisis. Let me know what you think. Our next story is about a hacking attack in Eastern Europe. It's come to light that Polish intelligence is currently probing an attack on the country's railway network. The hackers in question breached the railway frequencies, causing disturbances in the northwestern region of Poland overnight last week. Now, According to a report from the Polish press agency, these disruptions included the playing of the Russian national anthem and a speech by uh, President Putin over the railway signals. Poland plays a pivotal role as a transit hub for the transportation of Western weapons to the Ukraine, supporting Ukraine in its ongoing conflict with Russia. The incident unfolded as hackers transmitted a signal that triggered an emergency halt of approximately 20 trains near the city of Szczecin. I hope I've said that right. Fortunately, services were restored within a few hours but senior security officials are not dismissing any possibilities. They've been monitoring reports of numerous attempts to destabilise Poland, suspecting the involvement of the Russian Federation in collaboration with Belarus. As the Ukraine conflict evolves, several Western nations have advocated for heightened cyber security to to put in place. Experts have suggested that Russia is conducting um, cyber attacks in the Ukraine as a means to test its hacking capability. So why is this information relevant to you? Now this development underscores the fact that amidst ongoing conflicts, not all threats involve traditional weaponry. There are some highly skilled individuals out there working to disrupt systems, potentially leading to severe consequences. If we put that into a business context, consider a phishing email as a form of disruption. While seemingly minor, somebody clicks on it and it escalates that can cause significant damage so how is your business prepared to handle a cyber incident what are your contingency plans have you even considered them do you even have them let me know in the comments that's it for the news let's move on to the brain dump it's time for the brain dump so for this episode of the brain dump i want to talk about windows server 2012 i would love for you to drop a note in the comments if you've already dealt with this Also, I'd love to hear from you if you haven't done anything yet, because I'd be interested to know why you haven't. For those of you who might not be up to date, Microsoft made an announcement in May this year that Server 2012 and 2012 R2 will not only reach end of life, but also end of support on October the 10th, 2023. That's in five or six weeks time. This means that businesses with on-premise servers that haven't been purchased and configured in the last few years should have made changes or at least be planning to make changes in the next few weeks. After October 10th, Microsoft will no longer provide security updates, non-security updates, bug fixes, tech support or online technical content updates for these two server products. And while they're not pulling the plug on the product, the product will still operate. They are shifting all support and all personnel from those products elsewhere. Microsoft typically offer extended security updates for those unable to upgrade. However, these do come at an extra cost and are nowhere near as comprehensive as full support during the product's active life. Essentially, you'd be investing in a product that's essentially already obsolete. But it might be a necessary step for you. This announcement carries several implications for businesses. Firstly, the matter of security. All software, including operating systems, have vulnerabilities within them. When these are discovered, they can be exploited by malicious actors to steal data or compromise activities. Software updates, especially those security ones, address these vulnerabilities. When an operating system reaches end of life, these vulnerabilities will remain unpatched making your systems permanently vulnerable. Secondly, there's the issue of stability. Over time, hardware and software both tend to perform less optimally. Hardware can be upgraded or replaced, but software doesn't have that luxury. As computing environments evolve, software needs to evolve alongside them to remain stable and secure. Non-security-related updates provide this additional stability and also some additional features. When a product reaches end of life, it gradually becomes less stable because there's nobody working in the background to keep it running smoothly. Lastly, there's future-proofing to consider. Imagine you're just upgrading to the latest iPhone. Transferring your data right now between iPhones is seamless. However, if your backup phone is a 10-year-old iPhone 4, you're going to face compatibility issues. Apple don't support old devices. You can't run the latest software on them. The same principle applies to Server 12. As long as Microsoft is supporting it, future-proofing is feasible. Once that support ends, so does the ability to seamlessly transition to newer products. So why is this relevant? The end of life for these products is significant. It's a significant event in your business, especially if you're using it, because you're going to face risks. And if you haven't already taken action, vulnerabilities will remain unaddressed, which are going to leave your systems exposed to attack. Even if you do avoid those security breaches, the stability of your systems will continue to degrade. Furthermore, sticking with older versions means you're missing out on newer capabilities that can not only enhance your productivity, but also your workflow. To further illustrate the importance of acting sooner rather than later, consider that migrating to a new system is easier now than it will be in the future. If you wait too long, the lack of support will make that transition much more challenging. Now the good news, if you haven't done anything yet, is you still have options. You can upgrade your server to the latest version of Windows Server, which is 2022 if your hardware permits. If not, you can upgrade your existing server with a modern counterpart. Doing that will give you the latest version of Server 22 and it will be relatively painless. Thirdly, consider moving to a fully cloud-based environment, meaning you don't need on-premise servers. This option is more involved, but it will offer longer-term benefits and eventual cost savings. Now, every case is unique, and it's essential you consider your needs, your circumstances. If you or someone you know is uncertain about how to proceed, time is running out. Feel free to contact us for assistance. Don't delay. Take action, because you need to secure your systems to make sure you stay ahead of the game. Our tip of the episode. Tip time! This time, again... Going back to what we've just said in the brain dump, if you're using server 2012, please look at either upgrading or moving to the cloud. It sounds expensive and scary, and I'm not going to lie, it will cost you some money. But in the long run, you will wonder why you didn't do it sooner. The biggest cost in the long run will be related to keeping those servers running. And if you are an SME, you might only be using those servers for file storage and perhaps a domain controller. Office 365 and SharePoint can do all of that anyway. But there are other cloud-based document management solutions out there that will make it much easier and efficient for you and your teams to operate. If you don't have Server 2012 concerns, great. I'd also like to know if you did your homework from the last episode. Are your servers and endpoints being patched regularly by your IT support company? You forgot, didn't you? That's all right, it's all right. You're not at school. Do me a favour. Go and find out. Do it sooner rather than later. Thank you so much for watching or listening. I hope you have found this episode insightful. And I look forward to speaking to you again in the next one. I do have one small favour to ask you though. If you have enjoyed this episode. You know what? Even if you haven't. Let us know. Leave a comment or a review. Because it's the only way I can get any better. And if you haven't already, give us a like and a subscribe on YouTube or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I've been Tony, the IT Smart Guy, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the IT Smart Guy podcast. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please do consider to like and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice.